0: Welcome, pudding people, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We're your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. How are you doing, Richard? I am doing
1: well. Do you like how I spaced those words out there?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's not going no, okay. to annoy anybody.
1: <laughs> nope. Doing okay. Mazda Studios are about uh, twenty degrees warmer today, so uh, doing much better.
0: Yeah, yeah, I cannot wait until this whole uh, this whole pandemic thing just calms down a little bit, so we can get back in the same recording space without having to worry too much. I considered the thought of just you know wearing big masks, but uh, uh, I can be muffled enough without something else covering me in the process of recording.
1: We just set up big piece of plexiglass between the two of us and the camera sits directly at the separation of the plexiglass so it's just the angle of both of us looking at
0: it yeah time. they do that in the casinos i mean they get the big table with the piece of plexiglass that separates all the players which has a little hole cut out so you can push your chips underneath and uh, always just immediately makes me think wow this is a terrible terrible idea <laughs> yeah this isn't going Let me to pick my
1: nose, handle these chips, and here you go. That's the one I want. Thanks.
0: Yeah, that's, that's no good. That's no good. Well, if you are listening now, you have probably been listening for a while, and we are going to be continuing one of our favorite, favorite subjects as we continue our trek throughout the years talking about the history of comic book movies. Now, of course, when we talk about what is a comic book movie, it is a movie based on a comic book but more specifically the comic book cannot have been in television radio or movies before it was created as a comic book to count on this list it must have either originated as that comic or been based upon another source another book uh, a myth something of that nature we also tend to focus on comic books from the united states so no uh, anime in this particular set even though there's some great Uh, anime films that are out there maybe not as many great anime live action films that are out there but uh, we tend to focus like I said on English now the original film did not necessarily I should say the original comic did not necessarily have to be in English in fact we have an example of this in our lists today Uh, it can have been in another language so long as a translation for that comic was created before the release of the film um, so with that out of the way, we are going to just kind of delve into it. In fact, we're going to start with that particular film that we're talking about, right?
1: Let's do it.
0: Now I've heard this, oh, is, this, this is one of Richard's favorite films of all time, uh, <laughs> coming out in 2013. Um, uh, uh the, the joke is less that it's not an into our wheelhouse of what we would watch. It's just... Uh, in this list of the films that we are going through today, it's the only one that neither of us have seen. Uh, so, oh, is that not right? Have you seen it?
1: No, no, I was just saying,
0: hmm, Uh-oh. this
1: is the only one. Because <laughs> we, we're we actually going to talk about, I, I feel like the list is pretty substantial. And this is the second part of this year.
0: Yeah, there's a right? lot. There's a lot in 2017. I yeah. Yeah. So it's a busy
1: year, busy year.
0: So the, the film in question was, is called Blue is the Warmest Color. Uh, it was also, of course, released in French, La Vie d'Adele. De um, now it was released in French because the comic is French. Uh, Blue is the Warmest Color is based upon basically the comic of the same name, uh, with that translation being the French translation. But it was translated into English in January of 2013, which predated the film by just a little bit, <laughs> so just enough to squeak under the to squeak under the the line and be there right in time. Now, the the comic was created by Julie Moreau, I believe it's Moreau. It's either Maro or Moreau, um, and uh, I don't know a ton about this film. It's not a comic booky movie in the sense there's no superheroes and tights. This is real life. This is uh, a story of growing up. A girl growing up and the relationships that she forms. Uh, from what I have heard, it's a it's a pretty sweet film. Uh, if you like something that's intended to be kind of touching and sentimental, this is that kind of film. Now, as you may expect, it is filled with actors uh, with names that I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce because it's a lot of French actors, <laughs> or at least French Canadian at the bare minimum.
1: Yes. Although there is a Bond girl in here, so...
0: Oh, who's the Bond girl? I think girl?
1: this is where she... Lisa do.
0: Right, right. So, something. Um, oh, I will give a caution. This film is NC-17. <laughs> so, I'm going to expect that there's some fairly naughty bits in it.
1: Uh, yes, read uh, some of the descriptions. Read the notes on body prosthetics. Because of some of the scenes that have to be performed in this movie, and you'll know that it's got a lot of naughty bits in it. So, if you're going to watch it, um, people watch it knowing that there are naughty bits in it, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, if that's your kind we of thing, there's nothing wrong with that. We
1: often have re- movies that we talk about that uh, almost, I want to say, almost every movie that we've talked about in our comics review has been largely PG 13. I've oh, obviously, yeah. there are plenty of R rated ones in there, but. I don't remember any of them that have been... There have been a couple not rated. Sure. But I don't think we've done one or just mentioned one that's been an NC-17 Well, and,
0: like, and to be remember. fair, now the MCAA rating system didn't come out until the late 60s. So a lot of our current rating systems don't really apply to those older films. Not unless they were re-released into the theaters and they decided to have the MPAA rated after the fact. Before that, it was The Hayes Code. Uh, that was either pass or fail, basically. And the Hayes code was awful. It just didn't didn't really do its job, and the people that did it were pretty corrupt, at least from everything that I've read. Um, it, so yeah, you, got, you uh, mentioned
1: before that if you're going to get a, a movie rated by the MPA, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh, they do it as a service to the community. They do it and they charge and it's a requirement in, in most instances. So it's straight. It's a straight money making business is what it is.
0: A little bit, especially since the group of people that do the ratings are semi-secret and they seem to have an agenda is not the right word, but a predisposition to rate things in a very peculiar way that does not necessarily reflect the overall consensus of what certain things might mean. So it's imperfect. So it's the best, it's the only thing we've got in terms of trying to give us an idea about where a movie will fit. But it it definitely could use a a, a swift kick and and an update uh, to do just a little bit better. But uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about the blue is the warmest color. Not much to it. Um, now there's going to be a series of these. I normally like to pride myself as having seen just tons and tons and tons of comic book, any movie really, but especially comic book movies. But 2013 is a weird year for me. There are so many movies and I just, I either haven't seen them at all, or I've only seen bits and pieces of several. I didn't realize I was missing so many gaps in this year, but, uh, we're going to go to the next film. That is, is an example of one of these. Where we just have uh, uh, Richard has seen it. I have. Um, I have not. Um, so basically, basically, it's uh, we're going to go with opinions from the Richard side, but uh, we'll talk a little bit about it before yeah. we get into that. And of course, I'm talking about the movie R.I.P.D. Rest in Peace Department. Or maybe not, of course, but yeah. what I'm talking about is R.I.P.D.
1: Not, not ripped. <laughs> That's actually an acronym.
0: Yes, yes it is. Now, R.I.P.D. is another example of uh, a comic book that we haven't uh, gotten an adaptation for up until this point. This was, uh, uh, this was a Dark Horse comic that was released uh, back in 1999. So um Lucas uh Morangan and Peter M. Lenkoff were responsible for that particular uh particular comic. And it's interesting. I, I've read the comic. Um I had I still have not seen the movie. Well,
1: not well, much. I, I think a, a, I, this movie, like a lot of movies that we talked about, I feel like has a low kind of critic score uh, gets generally panned by the critics because of how silly it is. And I think that sets up one thing. It's well, it sets up multiple things. It sets up a, a movie f- potentially for failure. Um, a movie that you we're going to review in the future here, Venom, for example, I felt like was an awful movie and was poorly reviewed yet. It still made a ton of money. Yeah. So it does it doesn't always work out this way, but when you see that this movie is poorly reviewed and you choose to not go and see it, obviously it doesn't make money, but it should change your expectations for this movie. So if you go into this movie with pretty low expectations, I feel like you'd come out of it like that movie wasn't that bad. And that's kind of how I viewed it with just the, just the thought process of, I like the actors that are in this movie. It's got a great cast. Why why wouldn't I like this? And it's, it's your non-typical story. It's kind of that, like you said, well, it's originally a comic that you talked about, a dark horse comic, and they make fun stuff. And this is just kind of like that science fiction-y type thing, you know, and I'm, I'm into those types of movies and I thought it was just fine. You know Jeff Bridges is in it, and he can play a, a, a wide variety of characters, and he's got like his 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 accent, and maybe maybe people are like, well, it's just so cheesy and over the top, like, well, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there there's Ryan Reynolds, and it's Ryan Reynolds, it's, it's playing <laughs> his like just his typical type of character,
0: yeah, smarmy so, kind of smart key uh-huh.
1: Yeah, I I just kind of feel like if you like this style of movie, I think it's worth watching. Hmm. I'm not saying like it's something that you go back and watch 30 times, but if it pops up on a streaming service and you got an hour and 45 minutes, yeah, watch it. It's a fun movie.
0: Well, I mean, the director is no stranger to comic book films. He directed Red, which I really enjoyed and had some cheesy moments. In and of itself, um, but uh, Robert uh, Schwentke, Shwe- I just realized I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. I apologize uh, profusely, Mister uh, Schwentke, Sh- 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 Schwank. All right. Anyway, but uh, he's made stuff that I've really enjoyed in the past, and I must admit he is uh, uh, tagged to the uh, GI Joe Snake Eyes project that's coming up. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about that but uh so i mean interesting solid cast and and a director that can make things i mean it's got kevin bacon in it that you know just start with is awesome and uh, mary louise parker is generally pretty solid my favorite bit that i want to see in here is it, i don't know what character he plays because i have not seen this bit of it yet but james hong is in it, and I love James Hong. I mean, Big Trouble in Little China, one of my favorite films. Anytime he's in something, he just, he shines more often than not, and he's been in some really cheesy films.
1: Well, so part of this movie is is that these characters are dead, and they're still alive as, like, Enforcement officers for people who are who are working with that uh, the other side, right, and can able can still solve crimes and do all these types of things. But to be to appear in the real world and have real mm. world, world functions, they have human avatars. So that James Hong character is uh, Ryan Reynolds' avatar.
0: Fantastic,
1: right? So, so it's funny. And then, if you look in here, Marissa Miller. So Marissa Miller was a Sports Illustrated swimsuit uh, model. That is Jeff Bridges' avatar. <laughs> so it's a fun, it's a fun little play on the Expectation. presentation. I don't, I don't know. It's fun, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely worth worth watching. Would you? Would I tell you to buy it? No. But gosh, if it shows up on a streaming service and you want to watch a movie for a little bit. Yeah, worth it.
0: That's that's kind of that's good enough that's for all- me. I'm definitely going to give it a shot. Like I said, with a cast like that, there's no way that I can't. But let's keep moving on because we've got a lot to get through in a very short period of time. Uh, now we've got another few. another film that I'm wagering people did not realize was based on a comic book in the first place. This film is going by the name of Two Guns. Now Two Guns uh, is a Boom Studios comic. Uh, from 2007, uh, created by Mateus uh, Santoloco and Stephen Grant. So it's it's a newer uh, kind of a comic. And it's, again, it's more grounded. I don't know if I want to call it grounded in reality. But it's, again, it's not tights and superpowers. It's action. And with, again, with the cast that's in this, it, it's got the right cast for an action film. You get a little Denzel Washington, a little Mark Wahlberg. That sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. Again, a film I have not seen, but Richard has. So
1: I, I'm, I'm the opposite in terms of my view in this one where everybody thought, uh, RIPD was, was bad, but I didn't think it was that bad. And Two guns has these great actors, and it's like this, you know, buddy—not buddy, but buddy, but not buddy action thing, and it's just okay. Uh, <laughs> there, there's this, there's this one scene you see in, in I feel like in the trailer a lot for this movie. It's like they got their backs to each other, and they're they're shooting their guns, and the camera circling around. It's just like that. That over-the-top, almost like uh, Michael Bay, cheesy camera scene. And then you're just like, that. that's the typical feel that you get from this movie, right? So um, Denzel is awesome. He is one of, if not my favorite actors. He he He's got just killer movies. And he kind of plays the same character, unfortunately, in all the movies. But I like that character. I'm okay with it. And he kind of plays that character in this movie too, and he's fine. And Mark Wahlberg is Mark Wahlberg. It's just it it just doesn't work. I don't know. Does he breathe heavy a lot? Killer.
0: Does he have the required?
1: It's (sighs) well, he is beefy. He does work out a lot, so he runs and he gets shot at. So there is a lot going on in this movie, but if you look at okay so he's one of your favorite actors is even like way down the list in here uh, James Marsden and there's oh, a lot yeah. of good people in this one um, Paula Patton is cool Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton is awesome
0: awesome Edward James, Edward almost. James almost He's I mean, awesome Fred Wards look always at good. the
1: look at the list yeah uh, Robert John Burke what does he um what is he in? He was Robocop. That's why I know that name. Yeah. But Robocop from Robocop 3. So like the, <laughs> the bad Robo. Um, anyway. Oh,
0: have you not seen the Robocops after 3?
1: Oh, well, the one, God, is 3 the one where he takes his arm off and there's a flamethrower, like he's got interchangeable fists and it's a flamethrower. I seem to remember. they he's there... fighting the, like, Yakuza people.
0: I think, it, I think that may have been 4 there's a, a bunch because
1: four if that's a that one's really bad um, yeah
0: <laughs> I start to lose track because I remember Still stopped after two one is great two is really good and I remember not liking any of the rest of them uh, good stuff yeah. well I mean if you're just looking yeah, for so- a kind of a mindless action film is that basically what this is or maybe mindless is the wrong I word but simple
1: yeah, there's more to it than that. There's kind of like the heisty type of feel to it as well. Not not heist, but like maybe it's a heist. I can't remember. There there there's more of that like betrayal behind the scenes type of thing. And Denzel's got a car, and I don't know.
0: <laughs> there's betrayal. It's not. And it's Denzel not memorable.
1: <laughs> That's just it. Yeah, it's well, not memorable. What? If that tells you anything, right? So I, I don't know. I if it's on and you like these actors, sure, check it out. But I'd tell you to go watch R.I.P.D. over this one, personally.
0: And well, and now and this is interesting. So we were talking about how we've normally stayed in the PG-13 range, and R.I.P.D. was definitely a PG-13. But Blue's the Warmest Colors, NC-17, Two Guns is R. The one we're about to talk about is R. At least one more coming up is R. <laughs> We got a lot of R-rated comic movies this year.
1: Well, and, and I feel like, you know, th- this this time frame was, you know, nine years ago, eight years ago, maybe in production time, ten years ago in production time. But the comic book movie, that genre and that feel, I, I, th- I think was more a PG-13 type of movie. And... Who knows if a lot of people thought that, you know, Two Guns, for example, was actually a comic book movie or Oblivion was a comic book movie. They just found good source material and made it into a movie. Right. So I think what you you started to see is that it was a little bit later on, but movies like Deadpool and stuff obviously brought an R-rated comic book movie to the mainstream. But I feel like we're going to obviously start seeing more of those come in in the next few years.
0: Why don't we move on to something violent? That's how I'm feeling right now, is violent. Although my violence is more an irritation with technology not wanting to cooperate today. Nothing has wanted to cooperate today. Uh, one of those days. But uh, let's talk about 2013 still, of course. We have Bounty Killer. Uh, Kickstart Comics, same year. So this is one of those interesting ones, if my memory serves, um, by Henry Sane and uh, Jason Dodson, where these two were developed simultaneously. But the comic beat out the uh, movie by just a smidgen. So it ends up counting just kind of as a as a technicality, <laughs> as a comic book movie. But... Uh, yeah this is another another fun one that's got some um got some interesting names in this film a little beverly d'angelo little gary Busey. uh if you are a fan of the the rapper eve (laughs) it's got it's got her in it which is kind of interesting is this one that you've actually seen richard
1: that's a big negatory on that one, Batman.
0: Okay, so kind of similar to the two guns thing, it's just a lot of gunfire and uh, the whole idea is, uh, as it sounds like, there are bounty hunters that are looking for money and, as they put it, uh, fame and a fat stack of cash. Uh, <laughs> it's just kind of, it's kind of a post-apocalyptic thing. Apparently, uh, I have not actually read the source material. And I have not seen the movie. But uh, just having a combination of Kevin McNally and uh, uh, Alexa PenaVega <laughs> It's just got a really interesting group of actors in, that, in this. It's just kind of, I'm tempted. I, I kind of want to see how this turns out. Uh, but since neither of us have ra- uh, really actually seen anything, unless you have something to say, we'll just move on to something that actually maybe uh, we have some commentary for sounds like a plan. I like it. Plans are good. Uh, all my plans are working so well today. <laughs> I love it. When a plan comes together <laughs> and falls apart. Um, the The next film we are going to talk about is a sequel to one that we've already discussed. And it's one that we both enjoyed uh, that came out a few years previous. And we are talking about kick-ass 2. Um, first one was so fun. had some great cinematic moments, some just really neat uh, things, as long as you can ignore how physics works. (laughs) If you can let go a little bit, it's a really enjoyable film. I have not seen the sequel yet. Have you seen the sequel? Well,
1: uh, I can say that I have seen the sequel. Kind of going back to some of our previous discussions on the movies, I've seen it. It's been a while since I've seen it. It's a fun movie. If you've seen the first one, I think the second one kind of follows along. You get the same, in, the same type of enjoyment, maybe not the same level of enjoyment. The first one was kind of fresh, you know, new in a sense, different. The characters were fun. Uh, everybody was kind of young in it, right? So it just had a different vibe to it. This one doesn't quite have that same vibe to it, Still fun, still enjoyable, just not quite the same impact. Uh, you know, Jim Carrey's in it. He's got a lot of energy, of course. And a lot of the same characters that you saw in the first one kind of return in this one. And since Kickass was just basically a kid and he did things, it kind of brought to rise – a level of other people wanting to do the same thing well uh christopher's christopher mince plants uh character who has two names uh mfer is one of them we're pg (laughs) we're pg uh um operation here so exactly uh mfer recruits a lot of people to be bad guys right so they have a bunch of street level good guys and a bunch of street level bad guys. And that's kind of the whole conflict in here because, because MF revenge from how the first one ended yeah. and that's pretty much it in a nutshell.
0: I, I'm kind of curious because it's got Donald phase on in it as Dr. Gravity. And he's often, it feels like he's a bit of a goof, which I love. It's just, I, I love goofy people. Or at least people that can portray goofiness on television and movies well. And he does. And so I'm kind of curious just from that side of it. But the returning cast is a solid set of actors. And, uh, and the whole thing, uh, I mean, it, I'm sure it will fit into my wheelhouse quite well. Now, the director is not the same director as the first film. But just kind of as an interesting note, uh, he did direct two films that I feel didn't get a fair shake so i have a feeling that i'm going to enjoy this film quite a bit too but right before he did kick ass too he did never back down which is kind of a martial arts um martial arts in the suburbs it, it, it's not the best way to describe it but it, it it's kind of uh, it's actually a really a, a good movie uh, surprisingly good i went into watching that one thinking man this is going to be just trash <laughs> It was really enjoyable. Um, And same thing. He did the Fantasy Island in 2020, which was, I thought, surprisingly good. Because, I mean, it's like, oh, man, you're going to do somebody's remaking Fantasy Island as a movie that won't play as a movie. Oh, as a horror movie. How? okay And then, no, it, it turned out great. I thought it was a lot of fun. So I think uh, Kick-Ass 2 has the potential to be pretty pretty fantastic. Um, so I promise this next movie is the very last in 2013 that I haven't seen. Ooh. <laughs> the last two we'll talk about, I've actually seen both of, and we've talked a little bit about both of them at, at some point or another. But this one, uh, Richard has already mentioned, Oblivion uh, 2013. It is um, based on a comic that came out in 2005 uh, by Radical Comics, Andre Wallen and Joseph Kaczynski. Um, So it's it's kind of interesting. This okay. So when I say it's based on a comic, this is a weird instance where this comic was published, but it wasn't published. So it was released at Comic Con. Um, in parts in 2009, so it was never really released in the same way. It's kind of like there, there were people that thought that the whole reason that this, this comic in quotations was being made was because graphic novels being converted into movies were really popular. So let's, let's make it seem like it's a, a graphic novel and that way it'll be a movie. I don't know if that's really the case. Um, I'm still kind of digging in on some of the information about it, but, I mean, whatever you want to say, it was good enough to get Tom Cruise to sign on for it.
1: Tom Cruise. yeah. That's all I got. Um, <laughs> l- like Tom Cruise, hate Tom Cruise. I think there's a lot of sides to that. But, gosh darn it, pretty much everything he's in that he does, he does a pretty good job. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's hard. I feel like a lot of people have an opinion about Tom Cruise and a movie that he's in before they've ever seen it. And if you just look at the track record of the the movies that he's been in, and I don't think we've really talked about him in a comic book movie, have we?
0: Um, if we have, it's been long enough that my addled brain dealing with all these difficulties is going to push it aside and it's not going to come
1: to me. Was Minority Report one? No. Uh, I don't remember. It's just too many. But in, anyway, uh, all the all the Mission Impossible movies uh, are popular, of course. The first one was good. The second one was the dumbest movie that was ever made in the entire world. And then they just got progressively better after that. But you know, his his bad his bad movies like The Mummy.
0: <laughs>
1: even in that one, he was okay. The Jack Reacher movies, uh Edge of Tomorrow, which is a really great movie, came out after this one. I mean, he's these are just some of the recent movies that he's been in. He's gonna be in what Maverick coming up here soon. Same director. Uh, he he does you know, all his stunts. That's kind of what one of the things that he's really he's doesn't like to do body doubles stunt doubles he does a lot
0: of his own work well, in the it's movies hard to find somebody that short
1: that's that's actually that's actually true and so consequently if you want him to be portrayed as a certain type of character tall or whatever you have to find accommodating actors and actresses that don't overshadow him in in that certain sense as well you know and i don't know every I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan, but gosh darn it, if every movie that he does isn't actually that, not that bad. He's not that bad in it. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, he, I think he falls into the category for me that I have managed to really enjoy most of the films that he's ever been in. Is he the type of person that I would want to meet in real life? I'm not so certain. Uh, but uh, as far as the effort that he puts into his projects is real, and he knows how to pick a script, and he tends to be good at it on that side. Now, just as a note, we were uncertain whether he was in another comic book movie that we had ever uh, we'd ever talked about. If only there were a tool that we could use, in order to find out the answer to that information. Well, wait, wait, wait. There is the Ultimate Comic Movie Database. Don't forget, folks, that we have that right on the website. So I went right into the Comic Movie Database. I said, hey, I want to search. Search for a name. And I put in Tom Cruise, and it shows, drumroll, Oblivion, the only comic movie that he has ever been in. So- oh,
1: wow. Who developed that tool? I don't
0: yeah, uh, somebody that mess. spent way too much time <laughs> too much time on it.
1: <laughs> a lot of time on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. More time than you realize. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. But uh so yeah, so I have a funny feeling this is probably just fine. I mean, it's got a good supporting cast. I mean, you got Morgan Freeman in it. Uh Zoe Bells in it. She's generally pretty solid in about anything. Um Yeah, I mean, it's I bet it was a pretty solid movie. I'll have to give that one a shot.
1: Yeah, it's good, good uh, sci-fi. You know, good sci-fi fare. the The planet's kind of a barren wasteland, but you can't go to certain zones because things have happened, and it's all sci-fi. And people, he flies around and he checks on things and. Not all is not what it appears in this sci-fi reality of a world. What? And oh no, no, no. Yeah, so it's I don't know. I think it's pretty fun. Uh when you look at the the ratings, the reviews, the critic reviews, the those types of things, you know, this one actually is of the ones that we've talked about so far, is the highest rated of all those. Is it the best? Eh, maybe is it the worst by far no but i i think the acting is solid in it the presentation is solid in it the actual story and the plot line's pretty solid in it as well um i'll go back to what i mentioned before if you like kind of that sci-fi futuristic type of vibe um i think that this is one that you will enjoy as he kind of searches for answers about what is going on when in his semi idyllic world it has some inconsistencies in it you know like got to go searching for answers bring up sci-fi answers and morgan freeman's in it uh to help give him those answers so it's a it's a fun movie it's definitely one if you once again if you have a streaming service on it and you have the opportunity to watch it i would definitely invest the the couple hours to watch it
0: that makes sense to me. Now let's get to a movie that's in the most successful grouping of uh, comic movies to date, that being the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, There were two that came out in 2013, and of course we are going to talk about both of them. But first, let us talk about Thor The Dark World. Now, this is an interesting one, I think, in several respects. I mean, the first Thor film I thought was fantastic. A lot of people think of this as one of the worst MCU movies. uh, And I have often said, well, the worst MCU movie is still not bad. (laughs) I've just, I've yet to see a bad MCU movie. They've all at least been okay. And... I, truthfully, I'd say they're all above okay. Uh, in, in most situations, I tend to really enjoy it. You get a lot of uh, the same actors come back into this, although it's a different director. Um, the, they wanted to go with a different kind of a feel, so they brought in Alan Taylor to direct this particular film. You may know him from um, all sorts of television. I mean, this this guy has just directed TV everywhere but uh something it's like not like this is kind of new but uh, if you saw terminator genesis he also did that um so i mean you know the the uh, an experienced hand i would i would say is the best way to describe it but trying to take it in a less uh, shakespearean direction
1: Um, I actually watched this movie eh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I want to say, like, recently. So the memory of this movie is actually pretty fresh in my mind, and I've tried. I've been revisiting a lot of the MCU movies recently, in no order, right?
0: <laughs> like
1: no chronological order, no release order. Just as a, I want to watch that movie, and I'd say The Dark World, because of I think the thought process on it. In it's one of the weakest of the MCU movies, right? Is I I feel like like what you said before is is what the thought process is. So going back to watch it again doesn't really excite a lot of people. Now there's plenty of the other ones that I watched before this one, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll watch it. Whatever but honestly i liked it better these subsequent times than the initial time i felt like it it made more it made more sense it was a little bit more fun in the presentation uh, when you watch it after the second you know watch it for the third time fourth time
0: yeah i think that's uh, that's pretty dead on um because there's for me, it's, it's maybe not the overplot that's all that interesting. It, it's a pretty bland overplot. But there are a series of moments in the film that are just really, really fun. I mean, some of them are small things, like Cat Dennings. I loved to death. I've loved her to death well before the, uh, the MCU. But just the instances where, you know, the hammer goes flying by. Mew, mew! I mean, it's just those little... Bits of personality that come through that bring a little lightness to it are just so much fun. The development of the relationship between Thor and Loki in this, while the overplot may not have been amazing, that was actually really, really well done. And the the scenes with him in his cell are fantastic. Uh, Tom Hiddleston is just a, a phenomenal actor. And they could not have gotten uh, a better person to, to play Loki. Um, some people maybe originally noticed, maybe didn't originally notice uh, the change of uh, Fandral to Zachary Levi uh, in the second film. But, uh, you know, again, uh, I'll put him in anything and I'll smile. Just that that dude is is fantastic. I mean, it's got a great cast. I mean, they even I mean, you can't see him under all the makeup. But they even have Christopher Eccleston as malachus I mean, Doctor Who fans—that's—I mean, he's—you got Doctor Who playing the bad guy. I mean, how awesome! Well,
1: the thing—the thing about that is too that that character, yeah, that that presentation of the Dark Elf, could come off as cheesy. Yeah. I feel like it it, it it it's that's an easy line to cross between you did the makeup and things weird or you overacted and made it weird. And I don't think you got that at all. No. Um I, I think all the, the the bad guy characters were presented just fine. The ships flying through Asgard smashing things were fine, you know, the the, the fact that if you watch some of those little scenes because this is kind of the time frame where in end game they come back to get to to get the ether right. right so the you recognize a few of the little clips from this movie in endgame it's it's all it's all this is the time frame from from that. So I think that going back and watching that again makes this part more interesting right oh, yeah. you know him if you if you're trying to think about well when in endgame he he reaches for milnir mm-hmm. and it comes and he says he's working like well where was it <laughs> that that makes me think <laughs> where where exactly was it now i know i know supposedly at the end of endgame they brought all all the stones back and brought everything back at the same time he took Milner with them yeah. Right? To yeah. deliver back at that... So the continuity piece, I guess, makes sense. But no, it really doesn't. But yeah. was it? My question.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: No, it, it's a whole plot tool. But... um, And maybe that's just it. When you saw this movie in the order that it came out, you saw it in the theater the day that it came out, you're like, yeah, that was fun. I got more of the character. If you're a Thor fan, you got more of the character that you like. You got more of Thor's world. But yeah, after watching... Subsequent movies after watching Ragnarok for all sure, right. after watching Infinity War and Endgame, going back and watching this one, you just get all those little snippets that they touched on just relived. And you're the is the plot all that spectacular? No, but it's fine, yeah. They're definitely ones that have worse plots in them,
0: and you get to see Stellan and Skarsgard but. run around like a crazy person. So that's always good. That's true.
1: <laughs> at uh, at uh, the uh, Stonehenge.
0: Right. <laughs> Just little small things that make me giggle. And, and it's, it's good stuff. Um, in a lot of ways, I liked Thor Dark World better than the last film that we're going to discuss, which is Iron Man 3. Um, I've had some fairly heated discussions with people that, that say that they that Iron Man Three is just amazing. It's a really good film. And I I feel like it's kind of the weakest one of one of, if not the weakest, MCU film that they made. And it did some things and in it that i really I'll agree angered with me. you on that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That that Iron Man Three is one of those movies that out of out of order that is probably next on my list to go and watch again to try to prove to myself that it's not as bad as I think it is. <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. No, because I, I agree with you. I think it's, I think it's if not the worst, it's one of the worst of the MCU movies. Um, it just, it's, it's not, not fun. There are cool parts in it. It's I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me.
0: Well, I mean, and again, you start with the the people coming back, the actors coming back to do the film, which is great, and it's uh, Shane Black directing the film, which if you're not completely familiar with him, he wrote the Nice Guys and Predator. I mean, so I mean, this Predator. Guy, so he's he's was, uh, was in Predator. He yeah. was an
1: actor in Predator. And he wrote Predator. Right.
0: Right. So, I mean, it's just... And did he do
1: The Predator also?
0: He did. So, he was the actor in Predator. He wrote The Predator. Or directed The Predator, I should say. Um, And wrote just um, an interesting... I mean, he wrote Lethal Weapon and Lethal Weapon 2. Uh, Last Action Hero, he did. Um, Actually, he did pretty much all the Lethal Weapons. Uh, But, I mean, so... The Long Kiss Goodnight, which is actually a really good film. Uh, Last Boy Scout. I mean, so he's he's got a lot of great action stuff under his belt. He knows how to write action. And that really isn't where I've got a problem with Iron Man 3 because it's got action and the action is fine. My problem with Iron Man 3 is while they cast the incomparable Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery, they present him as the Mandarin in the first half of the film as a swerve, uh, which... I mean, I'm I'm all for swerves. That's fine, but that's not the Mandarin. The Mandarin is Iron Man's biggest enemy. That is the bad guy. You t- you know, you talk about Fantastic Four. Okay, who is it? Doctor Doom. Okay, Doctor Doom. You know, if you talk about the X Men, who is it? Well, you generally Magneto, at least at first, or Magneto, I should say. Um, so I mean, you've got those kind of signature villains, and for Iron Man, it's it's the Mandarin and to have that swerve was so insulting. Um, combining that with the fact that they bring in Guy Pierce uh, as uh, Aldrich Killian to play up the head of Advanced Idea Mechanics, which AIM is a really important, semi-ambiguous antagonist throughout comic books in in, in Marvel specifically. And to simplify it the way that they did and create it in this fashion, again, kind of insulting. AIM is supposed to have a much darker, much more twisted origin. And it's just kind of, they lamified it. And so it's like they they ruined two major villains in one film and then basically killed both of them. (laughs) It's just kind of, what happened?
1: Yeah, that's, you're, you're absolutely right. Now, if you take this movie out of Marvel context, meaning no history of who the Marvel characters are. Right. Ignore all of that stuff and just have it strictly be in the context of the MCU as Iron Man, who is already in place. And then they have these other characters. Is that twist with the Mandarin surprising? Like, if you were just like a, I don't know anything about comics. I'm going to watch this movie. Is that twist surprising? No. Yeah, yeah kind of. But kind of. Um, the Aldrich Killian having this backstory of, um, I was a nerd who had this, and then you said no, and then now I'm going to come and get you. Okay, like that's the real motivation, I guess. <laughs> All right. You know that like those things are weak on their on their own. But his this does touch on one piece that is focused on throughout, I think, the majority of the interactions with Iron Man in the MCU is his his mental state stemming back to what happened in the original avengers movie right right just that part was good wanting to do so much more so like they built on that in this movie all the different iron man you know that the the iron man suits that they had and what did they do with them they just blew them all up yeah <laughs> dumb like if you're gonna have these cool things that could do different things show them off let them do things now nah, we'll just use them as a thing to blow people up
0: okay cool I mean, they d- they on, did man. good with addressing the PTSD. I, I got to give them props on that. I thought that was pretty well done. And the re- uh, relationship between him and the kid was pretty solid. And I wish they would have highlighted a little more that the kid was at the funeral. Because um, that was a nice link that most people, 99.9% of people would have missed in Endgame. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, so it did have some fairly decent redeeming characteristics, but yeah, uh, lackluster, uh, to say the least.
1: And to, to have, I don't know, whatever the, what did they call it? Was it the, the virus or whatever they were treating the people with so that they got all heated up and spoony and stuff like that right
0: the um and uh, then i'm forgetting the name of it now um it's that's actually something they pulled from the comics also uh but i'm spacing the name of it right now
1: yeah but then they give it to pepper and then she magically can be healed and stuff
0: (laughs) sure tony's
1: a smart guy we'll get you healed no problem There's just so many, uh, there's just so many things in the movie that when you, I thought when you saw it initially, maybe you were wowed because you heard the names, advanced idea mechanics, you heard the name, the Mandarin, you saw the little flying components of the suits, you saw the different ones that he had constructed so like the, those visual elements, in a sense, popped. But then there was just there was just a letdown after letdown after letdown, and God, they made a whole stinking cartoon series with Iron Man where the Mandarin was the bad guy. Yeah.
0: Right. A- the name of the virus.
1: Yes. Yes. <sighs> the, give me the real Mandarin. The real. Okay, so Mandarin's we're finally awesome. going to see it in. Yeah, we're going to see it in uh, this year, right? With um the movie that's what, coming out Widow? later this year that I can't think of the name of. Not no. Black Widow. Uh, um and it's
0: Is something it... in the legend of the Ten Rings. Oh, um it's um Shang-Chi. Right? Yes.
1: Is that yeah, that is yeah I'm pretty sure. So we're we're going to actually see
0: a real Mandarin character, but he's actually terrifying when done right. But that's
1: I don't know, that's that's my That's the disappointment I feel like, is that that character was being such a major character you got was it the the post-credit scene or was it a marvel one-shot i can't remember it was a one-shot
0: uh hail to the chief yeah and they they did redeem a little bit and the hail to the chief (laughs) one-shot it was better than this movie was (laughs) but uh Uh, yes ben ben kingsley
1: in the you know chilling in jail yeah yeah i was there okay besides besides the plot piece or like the development from the anxiety and him needing to protect the world and not being able to sleep was there something else in this movie that in your opinion was a positive or that stood out
0: um they did a little more exploration of his relationship with pepper and gave her like in the first film she's his assistant and she helps him and that's kind of it and in the second film they expand a little bit beyond that but in the third film they show that she do a better job i should say of showing that she's capable she can run a company shows how that affects her mentally and what her priorities are a little bit better show that she can handle herself in an action scenario um which they bring back in endgame in a bit um but so i mean there, there are some positives um the happy giving happy a little more time his bits were a lot of fun um so i mean it's uh uh, again, I love silly. I can't help it. And the happy character, the way they've done it on on the films, is, is primarily comic relief, and that's fine. And and it's it has worked really well. He's been kind of, in some essences, filling the shoes of the Colson character uh, after he was gone from the Avengers film, because he shows up in a lot of places. That's true. It's John Favreau. I mean. How can you go wrong? Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, so there are positives, but, uh, and and there is one other positive, just kind of so many films miss out on logic. I mean, you can't take them too seriously. It's like, this would never happen this way in real life. I did like the fact that when they had Tony Stark give his address out uh, and dare uh, the the bad guys to come get him, it's like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> just, just blew his house up. Okay, yeah, I like that. It's like, if you're going to give me your address, yeah, then I'm going to blow you up. Now, of course, after I thought about it a little bit more, it's like, it's Tony Stark. Everyone already knows where Tony Stark lives. You don't have to look that hard. So, yeah. it
1: didn't mean it felt as like much. It that, that gigantic
0: house on the cliff overlooking
1: the ocean was just some anonymous base hidden to with a force field like no 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 that was a uh, like a i mean a rich person's house other rich people living close
0: you there. have to know that all of his neighbors knew iron man lived there because <laughs> oh yeah he's leaving again <laughs> it's not like it's silent he's got rockets yeah <laughs> uh so yeah uh but yeah uh, n- even after all of that still an okay movie (laughs) still enjoyable for the most part so that's why the mcu wins and the dc universe fails but uh, uh so that's it that's 2013 man i mean that was that was everything that was there some good some bad uh some you know just just a lot in one year a lot of films um and I think we're going to continue at this pace. Now, of course, if you want to keep up with what is going on with comic book movies from a historical uh, standpoint, because we won't be necessarily trying to tell you what's coming out soon, at least not yet. Maybe we'll eventually get into it. But right now we're, we're looking at what has been and how it all fits together. But if you want to continue kind of learning about that, don't don't forget to take a look at our social media. Uh, We are at Real Pudding Guys on Twitter. We are at Pudding Guys on Instagram and on Facebook. And we will be posting on Facebook and on Twitter uh, several videos from YouTube that had not been previously posted from interviews that we've done with some really interesting people, some actors, some comic book creators, a variety of other different things. So don't hesitate to take a listen and learn about some cool stuff and learn about some cool people that that make that stuff. And don't forget to stop by our Patreon page, where for just $1 a month, you can help support us as we create new stuff we get new equipment to make our stuff work better we help to create these tools like the ultimate comic movie database it's not easy it takes some time um, and it's still in a lot of ways a work in progress uh, it helps us uh, uh, justify things like the uh, pop culture death counts uh, where you can see you know how many people died and stuff maybe not for everybody but still you know it's a <laughs> It's an interesting piece of information. It's helping us put together a new tool that we're going to be releasing. I've said any day now, I'm going to stop saying that because that has resulted in me uh, being accosted by the person that's helping us put this together. Uh, And I think the words uh, cannot dictate innovation. (laughs) Year 2021. Right. So uh, we will be having a new thing coming out sometime. Uh, And as soon as that you know, narrows down in concrete uh, time fashion. I cannot wait to tell people about it. But that's what this is for. But until next time, watch some really awesome stuff based on comics. Read those comics. Support the artists. Support the uh, the writers. and and Because this is one of those times when they really need it. It's still kind of rough out there for comic book creators. It's rough out there for the small comic book stores. Um, you know the, the the virus has hit a lot of those small businesses hard support our support our local businesses but until next time we will see you